and welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. Join us for interviews, updates and chat with artists, influencers and those that manufacture the gear that we love. Hello and welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the guys uh, behind the Guitar Show UK. And we've got as far as chapter... Uh, it isn't chapter, it's episode 19, Jason, haven't we? We have. This is episode 19, yeah. It is episode 19. The other podcast I do is in chapters. This is an episode. So this is episode 19. Uh, and haven't we done well to get this far? I, I can't believe we've got this far, if I'm perfectly honest. Um no. It's, no, it's been it, a funny year. Uh, uh, yes, and it continues to be a funny year. Mm. Uh, and we won't get dragged down the political hole, but I've just been sat reading the... Um, I like to read the Sunday Times. I don't take a paper through the week. Take a paper, that's a very middle-class phrase. Um, <laughs> but um, but we tend to get the Sunday Times. And I've just been reading a thing um, about the fact that um, it's all the... Um, more affluent areas that are being spared lockdown and all and all the less affluent areas that are being put into lockdown. Well, there's hence, a surprise. Hence why you're probably in lockdown and so am I. <laughs> well, no, I'm just outside of Birmingham. So um, oh, yeah. I'm technically... Uh, yeah, honestly, if you went two miles um, sort of north from where I live, that's the border for Birmingham. Right. So I'm just just outside of that. Right, so you've uh, escaped extra lockdown restrictions. I've, I've escaped so far because um, I'm in Worcestershire rather than uh, the West Midlands. Um, it's, I mean, Worcestershire uh, is classed as the southwest, which I find highly amusing. I'm two miles south of Birmingham, um, <laughs> and, and, and the southwest is Worcestershire all the way down to um, St Ives. Cornwall, yeah, That's it'd be Cornwall, wouldn't it? Effectively, so um, which is um, currently uh, a very um, COVID light area right uh but but you know it is that that thing isn't it there's um it, it's um it's quite a a nice countrysidey kind of drive down the m5 isn't it oh it's a lovely it's a lovely journey i mean aside from school holiday weeks when you don't want to touch it with a 25 foot cattle prod it's actually a very pleasant drive mm. um um you know well you, well you live in a nice part of the world there i mean i live in a nice part of the world it's just that we're locked down uh, um, that's because you're in the the boundaries of sheffield isn't it well it's not actually it's not it's it's bradford halifax Dewsbury that's doing uh, it uh, it's that kind of neck of the woods that's doing it for us but i mean you know i i look out from where we are in um just outside home firth and there's 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 nothing on you know three sides of where we are it's just it's just the peak district and the pennines um so uh, but yes we 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 are being scrutinized and we we clearly we've behaved badly clearly i can't remember <laughs> behaving badly but i must have done at some point so uh, so anyway uh, 19 we've got to 19 and it's we found ourselves doing a voiceover that we didn't think we'd do no cuz we you know this is a podcast with chris um fantana rhymes with spanner um <laughs> Christoph uh, Christoph Fantana um and and it just it, it was a really enjoyable chat with Chris um but it did go on for an hour and a half and yeah. um, we thought an hour and a half was possibly too long to stick out on a podcast well I I went out I went out for a walk yesterday to give it a, a kind of final listen because it's due to go out tomorrow mm. uh and I went to, to take it on a final listen I pinged it to you and said look have a listen I'll take it for a listen 
And and I had to extend my walk twice. <laughs> I had to change my route. And I ended up doing just over six miles. And I'm not convinced our audience has got time to go out for a walk and do six miles to listen to it in its no, entirety. And, and to be perfectly honest, I really struggled to find the time to sit down for an hour and a half uh, and listen to it. So, um, yeah. yeah, so... But we couldn't work out what to take out. No. Um, which either means it's all gold, <laughs> or it, or it means whatever happened, it's all on an equal level. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been beautifully compressed, so it either never rises above guff, or it's gold all the way through. Personally, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Who was it we were uh, talking to? That oh, it was. Um... It's what Ainsley, wasn't it? It's a, it's a steady like five out of ten. It's a steady five out of ten by Ainsley's by Ainsley's uh, rating system. Um, it's funny because I was the other podcast I do, the, the Steve Hogarth podcast I do. I, we were talking the other day about one of the an album review that they had, and uh, somebody had, had mentioned about a particular song that uh, the the middle was just overworked guff. And that's now what the band call that section of the of the song. So they so they actually they actually changed the arrangement for a, a live version with a with with an orchestra, and they put the overworked guff at the beginning, and uh, and it just it does you know. And I'm not suggesting this is overworked guff, but I just thought it was quite amusing that yeah. they'd taken that on. It should have been the title of our podcast, really, shouldn't it? Well, it, it probably could have, it probably could have been. Though overworked suggests an amount of effort that I'm not convinced either is <laughs> put in. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Anyway, anyway um, we'll, we'll, so this was meant to be, uh, it was meant to go out as it was recorded. So hence it's got a little intro in it. And when we get to the, the, the other end, actually I think I managed to take off the, um, the, um, the, the, the final bit. But it certainly it starts with a bit of an intro because it was, it was meant to go out without this kind of pre, pre-roll from us. Um, and uh, and we'll we, we'll play you the first half, sort of forty odd minutes of it now, and then we're going to put the second half out just a week later, aren't we? I yeah, think. let's just do it a week later. You know, <laughs> people will be demanding to hear the second half, won't they? Well, that's it. That's it. It will be. It will for some people. This will be the longest week of their lives, probably with the exception of Christoph's other half, um, who gets to hear that all the time. So, without any further ado. Um, pray silence, ladies and gents, for um, from from Christoph Fantana of Rift Amps. Hello and welcome to Nine to Forty Two, the podcast from the guys at the Guitar Show UK. Uh, I am looking at Sir Jason Hunt on screen. How are you, Jace? Are you well? I'm all right, Ant. How are you? I'm very, very well. Very well. And we have a little surprise for you coming up in the fact that we've just Googled something. We've done a late piece of homework, but we'll come to that. We'll come to that shortly. Now, if you were listening to the last episode uh, where we chatted to Ainsley Lister, you'll know who we're about to speak to today because uh, we're going to speak to Chris from Rift Amps. And Chris, you should have been here last time, shouldn't you? Uh, I should have been here a couple of times ago, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's been hard work getting you here. Well, I, I'm just avoiding Jason, if I'm honest with you. OK. <laughs> Sensible is about the only thing I can say to that. I, I, I still I still owe Jason for three nan breads from the guitar show. Right. Um, and I know I know he wants to collect, so I'm right. just, um, I've been hiding from him. I, I have to ask, a number of meals or the same meal? Well, as you know, on, a, on the Saturday evening, Jason takes us out for a curry. 
Um, and you get a choice of rice or naan bread, and we wanted both. So I ordered extra and put it on his tab. Right. Um, <laughs> this is uh, true. Although FedEx did steal one of my naan breads, so he owes you for one, and I owe you for two. I think I might right. let FedEx off. <laughs> you, on the other <laughs> hand... <laughs> Oh, well, if you needed to know where you fit in the world, Chris, <laughs> then you've just you've just found out. Yep. You should have seen the look on my face when he stole that naan bread. Oh, wow. But it is Phil X, and he was really good fun. And bless him, he just got off the oh, plane brilliant. that day. So, yeah, so, I, know, I was going to say, he flew all the way from, from LA to come to a curry house. I know, and, and I like to take all of my... American artists that have flown halfway across the world for a Birmingham curry the day they arrive. Yeah, that glamorous location, isn't it? The, the what do you call it? The Balti Triangle. The Balti Triangle, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going to have to ask what what flavour naan bread. Oh, I can't remember. Um, I've got a spreadsheet probably... somewhere. Yeah, it's got a naan spreadsheet. spreadsheet. I've got. I've got because, uh, this. This, this curry, man takes his curry very seriously. This curry club started about five, six years ago. Um, I'd got a load of exhibitors at the event who were one-man bands, effectively, who I realised were going to be sat in a hotel room in a city they don't live in, on their own, on the Saturday night. And I thought, that's not really fair, is it? Why don't we go for a curry? And the first... The first year, I made a massive mistake. So I was—I kind of—I hadn't said to anybody, but decided that I was going to pay. Um, but there were so many of us that the orders took about two hours to come, and that means people drink more. So whilst the curry actually only cost me about hundred and fifty quid, the beer cost me about four hundred and fifty quid. <laughs> So now I go to an unlicensed curry house and let people make their minds up as to whether they wish to consume that much alcohol. But also to avoid any issues with um, people having to wait two hours for a meal, I get orders off everybody before the night on a spreadsheet, send it to the curry house so they know at eight o'clock on a Saturday night they've got to make these 40 curries. Because what went from being sort of about eight of us going out, is now about 40 of us going out. And it's the unofficial guitar show curry club. Jace, do you know what? And I feel responsible for asking about what what non-bread Phil X had nicked, but that possibly could be the dullest intro <laughs> to one of our podcasts oh, in all the sorry. time we've been doing it. And, 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 and you know, obviously, I've got a lot of time and respect and love for you, but that really was... I'm sorry. Um, we better get on to our guest, can't, haven't we? Can't, really, can't you just spin it that I really look after my exhibitors? Yeah, well, no, I think that I think that's a given. I think that's a given. But um, but that was just a little. Yeah, all right. So there's a spreadsheet. All right, we cover right, it. There's a spread. Yeah, that's fine. 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 Anyway, I think I've got a photo of it on my phone. Actually, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think it's a plain naan. I think it's just a plain naan. Right. Okay. That's actually a little disappointing. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Really? Did he not sign it with the Sharpie? Oh, yeah, there we go. There, there it is, yeah. There's me, Mick Taylor and Phil X. Yeah, and a plain naan. And, and a plain my naan, yeah. 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 And a stray bottle of Dr Pepper. Right. So, so Chris, it's a pleasure to finally have you here. Yeah, well, thank you. 
Um, um, you know, having not managed it a couple of times before. Uh, so, um, Jace, you are the man with the questions, aren't you? So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna segue to you and let you uh, let you kick in. Yeah, I've got several things um, written down. Um, I wanted to start with the fact that your your name is Christopher Fantana, which it's is not. Just... It's Christoph. Is it Christoph? Yeah, it's too many F's in the middle. Otherwise, so I removed the second one. What an amazing name. Yeah, Christoph Fantana. It's one F in the middle, as you say it. Otherwise, it's Christopher Fantana, and there's two Fs. And it annoys me, so I removed it. <laughs> by deed poll, or you just removed it? Uh, by deed poll, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Where's the name from? It's an old family surname. Um, Wait, they usually are, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it um it was a it died out about died out um it married out I guess about five or six generations ago, mm. um and when my parents divorced there was a bit of an um and ah about because my mum wanted to change back to her um her, her original surname and my dad did, did in and it got a bit a bit feisty um and so um I picked another one instead. Amazing. I'm so mm. glad I asked that question now. Yeah. Absolutely sitting on the fence, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you but, christened yeah. then? Uh, my, oh, Christopher. But, uh, um, but the surname obviously would have been different. Uh, it was Wil- uh, Wilson. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it, yeah, it all got a bit, um, a bit, I don't want to say petty, but I guess that's the right word. Right. Um, and I thought, I'm not picking sides. I'm going to, uh, you see, my mum's really into genealogy, so she's got a huge family tree um, up on the wall in her house. And there's this husband and wife called Fantana, and they had a daughter. And then, obviously, when she married, the name the name got lost. But it's um, yeah, about five or six generations old. My so dad did that bought... family tree. Yeah, and um, he did it really quickly, and he went back about three hundred and fifty, four hundred years. Mm. But mm. he did it in like an afternoon. <laughs> Because apparently my forefathers only ever lived on about three roads in one part of Birmingham. So it was really easy to just keep going back through the church records. And I said, is there any money, Dad? And he went, no, son, we've always been peasants. <laughs> <laughs> and there oh, we are. Yeah. You really aren't the Grand Fromage, are you? No, mate, I'm from Birmingham. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Well, there we have anyway, it. Anyway, yes. Uh, so, Sorry. yeah, so it's, uh, my, I'm actually Christoph Fantana. Now, Christoph but, Fantana. Uh, I'm still Chris. I've always been Chris. No, I'm, yeah. I'm changing everything that I've got now with your name on it, my address book and everything, to Christoph. That's it amazing. Is, that is the yeah. most rock and roll name we've had so far of guests, isn't it? The annoying thing is, though, is people say Fantana like Carlos Santana. Um, and my my lovely girlfriend, bless her, reminds me, but if you think spanner, you'll you'll pronounce it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she's. I don't know what she means by that. But, um, Christoph yeah. sounds like spanner. <laughs> no, Fantana and spanner. Yeah, I like that. I should not. I should not forget yeah. that. Hurry now, Christoph sounds like spanner. Mm. So go. anyway, I suppose the first thing that um, is, what's the history of Rift? How far do you want to go back? Well, 
We've got all evening, you said, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I used to... Um, I've always tinkered with amps and guitar electronics and, and bits and bobs. Um, mainly out of necessity, because the local guitar shop charged a fortune for repairs. Um, I've told this story before, but uh, I had a solid-state Marshall and it needed a, a volume pot replacing, and they quoted 120 quid. Wow. Yeah, because what, they they, what they'd do is they'd um, send it off to a bloke who would then obviously quote for it. They would then put their bit on top, plus VAT. Um, so by the time it came back to you, it would be, it would be ridiculous. Um, and my old man said, no, we're not paying that. We're going to work out how to do it ourselves. Um, and so I learned how to replace switches in less pools and volume pots in amps and and pick up swaps and all that stuff. And so you just I learned out of necessity. Um, and I built some kits and stuff for for mates and you know, like eighteen watt Marshall kits and stuff like that. Um, and then in two thousand and eight, April two thousand eight, I was made redundant from a teaching job that I had. Um, and I took the money and I went right. We're going to do Rift full time. See if I can make that work. So I started building um, out of um, what is actually a laundry cupboard in our in our f- house. Uh, it's one meter by one point two, and I just about managed to squeeze a desk into there and a chair. Um, <laughs> we got rid of the tumble dryer that was in there, um, and that was my workshop for a couple of years because I I could lock myself away in there and just be away creating and designing and building and and doing all sorts. Uh, and so that's really the the very early origins of of what is rift today is is me <laughs> building in a cupboard in in the house so what were you a teacher of i was a music teacher oh right okay in like secondary yeah. school or uh well both um i was a a, a traveling i mean the, the correct term is peripatetic word yeah 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 <laughs> Um, but no one could spell that, so we always said travelling, um, which is very ironic for teachers. Um, Not music teachers. Uh, and I used to go around the primary schools um, and secondary schools teaching guitar. And then by some lovely loophole in um, in education law at the time, I could do something called PPA cover, which um, allowed me to teach classroom music in primary schools. Uh, so that was another string to the bow, and I did that for for quite a few years. Do you know Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and, and, and yeah, my daughter showing kids how to play the triangle, SpongeBob SquarePants on the guitar. Oh yeah, all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, Three Blind Mice. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the thing. I had to do recorder lessons with with the Year Three classes. That was on the curriculum, um, and I don't yeah. play the recorder. <laughs> but Does I had anyone... to teach it. <laughs> It was hilarious, but it was such a good time. But um, I, I then took a job at a private school teaching, and then after when then everyone started doing academies, do you remember when you know, all the schools started yeah, yeah. becoming these academies, and there was mergers, and then it was last one in, first one out, and I went, "Yep, I'll take the money, I'm off." And so, and there we go. Yeah. So, rift. So, did you have a plan when you set no. it up? No, of course I didn't. All the best ideas, you know, they're never planned. I, I I knew that that's what I wanted to do, but I had no idea how to start manufacturing guitar amplifiers. I didn't know where to get a steady supply of 
components from. I you know, didn't know whether I was going to build the cabinets myself or have someone else. I had no idea. Um, but it's I'm one of these people that works stuff out as I go along. The only thing I did know was what I wanted to call the business, which was Rift. Um, because um, you've probably got it, Jason. It's the it's the beauty of the burst coffee table book. Have you got it? Well, I've got this. Is the beauty is that the one that I've got five volumes of. Is oh, that, probably. Is yeah. that the? Is, it's is, the one that's got all the fifty-eight, fifty-nine, and sixty. Yeah. Let's pause. I've in. got yeah. so many books on the <laughs> the burst. Mm. Um, and one of the guitars in there. Um, it said it's got a rift sawn top, maple top. It's a 59. I think it's page 68 or 78. Um, yeah, I'll look it up. And I, I didn't know what rift sawn meant because I knew about quarter sawn maple mm. and I knew about flat sawn maple. But this one had a rift sawn top. Um, and it was also an unburst, so a lot of the red had faded and it had just gone the yellows and oranges. Um and I looked up what rift sawn meant, and it's it's literally halfway between quarter sawn, which is cut at ninety degree angle yeah. to the grain, and then flat sawn, which is across it. It's kind of cut on the somewhere between thirty and sixty degrees, they say. Um, and what you get is you get the grain running north to south, yeah. as you'd expect, but it's kind of wavy; it's not perfectly straight. Yeah. And then the flame in the middle is strong and then it kind of disappears under the grain and then appears again at the edge. Oh, right. Uh, so you get this really beautiful, natural-looking uh, bookmatch top when it's rift-sawn. Um, and it doesn't look like it's been printed on a computer either, like some of the yeah, yeah. guitar manufacturers do these days. Um, uh, and I thought that's really cool. It's kind of halfway between something or other and it's doing its own thing, mar- marching to the beat. Of a, of a different drum, that sort of thing, and that's what I wanted to, to call rift. And, and and crucially, it was just a single syllable word, because I thought if this, if the brand ever gets huge, I want people to say I play a a single syllable word brand. Oh, I play a rift, yeah. you know. Um, I, not I play a da 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 by da 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 da. You know, I just wanted it to be a, a nice catchy thing, and, and rift seemed to fit. Um, uh, and it it and it's a proper guitar word. You know, yeah, it's a proper yeah. guitar word. Is, is the plan eventually guitar, to, to build the company up so much you can go and buy that 59 60 Les Paul with a rift top? Well, I mean, that's a dream, but um, if it, I've actually had a guitar made with a rift sawn, maybe. Oh, top. is that the rider? That's the rider. Um, so I, I'd saved up enough money, um, and I got some inheritance, and I thought, right, I, I want to get a nice a nice Les Paul made for me um, but I want it to have a rifts on top mm. and do you know what you can't buy them anywhere no you go to a you go to a and they are oh, no because it's too expensive to cut wood that way these days um, and you just can't find them um, and I rang around all the, the famous guitar builders none of them had any rift sawn maple tops in stock um, or had access to them Um and then I was talking to a local guitarist. He said, "Oh no, I think I think this chap's got one. He lives around the corner from you." So I went around there, and he had five or six of the most beautiful riffs on tops. And he said, "No one ever wants them because they're not quarter sawn." So <laughs> I've had them for years and years, twenty, thirty years old, um, and I've never been able to do anything with them. Um, and I saw it, and I went, "That's the one. That's the one." <laughs> um, and I gave him a deposit there and then. Should I get it? Yeah, yeah, it's on the wall. Yeah. 
I'm showing you because this is a podcast. It is a podcast, but you know. Yes. Beautiful. That is something else. Straight grain in the middle, flat someone there, and back out to the roof again. Yeah, I, so, I yeah. feel like uh, stay there. Set a Mon- Monty's pass in there. Yeah. Let me take a picture, and then we can at least um, show people. I'm trying to get the glare out of the way. There you go. But yeah, we've got a set of Monty's pass in there. Um, our, our good friend Matt Gleason. Yes, uh, my Les Paul has Monty's paths in it as well. Mm. That's the thing. I um, I had this set of uh, raw nickel covers in my parts drawer for years, um, and I was messing around with with methods of, of aging them. And I'd left them out in the garden for a winter. Um, because <laughs> like I thought that that's the most process, the most authentic yeah, it do it. aging. Oh yeah, it does. That's the thing. It's brilliant. And when I brought them in in the spring, they were just exactly what i wanted and all i'd done is left them on a bird table in 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 the garden for for a winter um and they looked bang on like the pickup covers from this guitar in the beauty of the burst and so i rang up matt gleason i said would you mind terribly building a set of paths for the guitar using these covers um and of course you know matt he, he can't he can't do enough to to say yes so he did, but I said, whatever you do, don't tell me what kind of bobbins you put inside, because I don't want to know. <laughs> and then in 50, 60 years' time, when I eventually take the covers off, I'll, I'll find out how he made them and what colour he chose. <laughs> so I don't know what colour the bobbins are in those pickups. They might be double whites, so they could be zebras. Or blacks. Does he do double blacks now? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. It's really nerdy and really sad. But um, that's the type of stuff that goes through my head. <laughs> Can I garden age a set of pickup covers? <laughs> so mm. you, you start ripped, and um, mm. so what were the first amps that you were selling then? Uh, so I actually put my clever hat on at that point um, because obviously you want to sell your, you want to do your own designs, your own line of of, of things, but. If you're realistic, they're probably not going to sell because nobody knows who you are. You know, I haven't got a marketing budget behind me, um, and who's going to take a you know a, a, a chance on an unknown builder trying to sell amps for a couple of grand? So I start in the end. I, I started actually. Let's do the basics properly. Let's do the classics. So let's do a really really good plexi, a really good blackface style amp, and a really good tweed amp. Um, you know the trifecta of 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 low watt yeah. guitar amps, um, and that's what I did, um, and variations on a theme like that, and that was just just an exercise in 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 growing the brand name and the reputation and um, and everything that goes along with it. Um, but yeah, we did the eight an eighteen watt Marshall style amplifier, but we did it with a a JTM forty five tone stack uh, rather than tremolo. Um, I just thought that'd be much more useful to players and it was it it worked great um mm. we did a, a version of a um a princeton reverb uh but we gave it more power put a bigger speaker in it hand wired it did it you know all to a, a much higher standard than the reissues that you could buy at the time uh and then the, the classic tweet deluxe the 5e3 tweet deluxe which is 
um, kind of a staple of, of modern of vintage guitar tone now. Because um, you and if, don't if do you get those three anymore, amplifiers right, well, I well I've I've kind of evolved it now. Um, we've added spring reverb to it and and power switching options, and um, we do it with six L sixes rather than six V sixes. Um, we put it in a really cool grey tweed TV front cabinet, uh, just to kind of do something a bit different and give it its own look. Um, but people st- always want those tones, and so you've got to offer them. Yeah, you know, if, if they, you know, I get three or four um, emails or calls a week saying, "Can you just build me a really, really good tweed deluxe?" And you go, "Yes, of course I can." Mm, that's your, that's your bread and butter, isn't it? <laughs> mm. You know, I was looking at your website earlier, mm. and you've still got the uh, Plexi eighteen, the PR six eighteen thirty five. And the fifties V, Tweed V. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you've now got five of your own designs. Mm. Yeah. So we got to the point where, um, we I felt like I'd kind of reached the ceiling. Where I, I mean, I was building everything by myself at that point. I couldn't build anything. I couldn't build any more. I couldn't produce any more per year. You know, I was doing over 100 amps a year on my own. Um, I couldn't, even even if people placed more orders, I couldn't build them that quick. So my, my waiting list had gone from 12 weeks to 18 weeks to 25 weeks to 36 to 50 weeks. And then you're talking a year to get an amp, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, so I was like, well... Do I want to just be churning out amps or do I want to be... It's quality versus quantity, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided to go down the quality route and, and actually let's, let's uh, slim the lineup down, focus on what's really, really important, which um, for most people is, is... I mean, if you ask any guitar player what's their dream amp, um, they don't know because they'll give you a million different answers. You know, it's it like a Swiss Army you, knife of. Well, depends on what song you're playing, doesn't it? Well, this is it, and so then you say, well, I mean, this is where the Fender Hot Rod Deluxe comes in because that's the ultimate um, function gig amp. Mm. That thing will do anything, and it will take any pedal. Um, and what are they, four or five hundred quid? Something like retail yeah, about price, that. absolutely brilliant. You know, uh, and I can't compete with that, so so I don't want to. You know, I just want to do things really, really well. Um, to the highest standard that I can. Um, so it meant um, getting rid of all the fluff around, around and just focusing on the really good stuff. Um, and then when you start to get crossover, well, that amp's pretty similar to that amp, um, and that amp does the same as that amp, but is twice the price for what's going on there. Um, and then you just kind of say, well, actually, no, let's let's put them all into a nice package. You know, offer what guitarists really want rather than what I think they want, which is <laughs> often two very different things. Um, and that's actually really, a really difficult thing to get right, um, especially when you're designing an amp because you naturally go where your ear wants to go. Mm. And you have to sit back and say, do you know what? I love it, but our nine out of ten guitarists are going to go for that. And sometimes you've got to say no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know pickup makers go through this a lot. Um, they really struggle to to voice a pickup um, for 
that that's going to suit you know ninety nine percent of the playing population, um, rather than that one guy who wants something really weird. Even though it's a cool idea, probably not going to sell. Uh, so yeah, then we started doing the originals line, um, uh, and just taking the business in that direction, um, offering gu- guitar amplifiers. That the thing is, you've got to be able to go out and do the the red line on a Saturday night. You've got to go and do home noodling practice on a Wednesday evening and everything in between. Mm. Yeah. And are you going to have three or four amps or do you want one amp that kind of gets you there and everything? And that's a, a question that we all all have to ask ourselves. Well, should we the answer is here. three or four amps? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'd love to sell Mr. Customer three or four amps, but um, I don't think... Mrs. Customers uh, will go for that. No, and that's <laughs> you know. one of the things that's um, it's always puzzled me with mm. um, amp builders is that uh, you know I know that Fender did um, what were they called Excelsior or something I don't know ten years ago. No, they like, did the Excelsior and then they did the Vaporizer. Oh, uh, the and Vaporizer. And then they did the you know the and then they did that the the little one that looked like a table radio. Yeah, because um, amps are fundamentally in a living room quite ugly they're not nice furniture are they you know, not like the old radiograms of the 50s is it and i think that you know because i've got um so i've got a couple of amps um for playing loud but i've got a mm. yamaha thr5 for in the house noodling when everybody else is in the house sort of thing and it's actually not unpleasant to look at because it's been designed like an old radio sort mm. of thing and and you know i can never understand why they have to be big black boxy ugly bits well of that's furniture. why tweed amps sell so well i think to this day is because they mm. are they are girlfriend approved on, on the aesthetic <laughs> front um and, you know because they look good on a hardwood floor in the corner mm. you know even if you're not into guitar you know that with a with a, with a, a three-toned strat next to it yeah that's a good look for anybody um, and they still sell. You want to get in touch with yeah. IKEA, mate? You could have one in every <laughs> photo shoot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm serious though. I mean, it's yeah. You know, most of my customers are male, um, and they all tell me, you know, that you know, I'm allowed to order one of these because the girlfriend says it's okay, or the wife says it's okay. I know it, it, um, it is difficult. I've got, I, mean, I can't have it in in brown or black. I've got to have it in tweed. I, I, I try. <laughs> I try and doing. Inclusive stuff, but I've done surveys of the guitar show. Well, I've stood in the guitar show. I don't have to do a survey, but I've, mm. stood, I've stood in the guitar show, done the surveys, and it's ninety percent male. So you know, ultimately, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting demographic. I think <laughs> it's not very varied. No. Yeah. Do no. you think? Do you no, think yes. there's something in the point? Are you talking there about you need an amp that will do? Um, <clears throat> you know, an amount of stuff, and I think that's mm. quite a pragmatic approach. I get that. Um, but do you also think that people probably have one go-to <laughs> reference point that they say, well, actually, do you know what? So for argument's sake, if if your reference point is Brian May, are you going to find yourself with a Vox? If your reference point is, you know, um, uh, Hank Marvin, are you going to find yourself with something, you know, I, I'm just I'm just thinking there, is there just a default for most people that actually, first and foremost... That's the sound I like, so therefore I'm going to go in that direction. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I've often said, 
um, guitarists, particularly um, if we exclude modern guitarists, you know, play high gain and, and, and gent and all that stuff. If we talk about your more traditional guitar player, they're very conservative. You know, they want a Strat, a Les Paul, and a Tele, a 335, and they want a Tweed amp, a Blackface amp, and they want a Plexi. That's really, that's the voices they want. They want a Tube Screamer, they want a Fuzz, you know, a, a whatever it is. I don't really know my fuzzes. That's terrible. Big Moth. the round one? Big Moth, probably, Big yeah. yeah. Oh, no, the, the, Ar- the Arbiter Fuzz Face thing. That's that it. Yeah, about? yeah. Um, and so, if you think about it, that's not a huge a huge selection of, of tones there. No. I mean, that's three three amp voices, four guitar sounds, um, and a couple of pedals, um, modulation on top. Um, so... But that's what people ask for. I'm not pushing that on them. That's what they ask for, mm. you know. And actually, very rarely do I get um, someone ring up and say, you know, they want they want a Hank Marvin Shadows tone or something. Yeah. It's always, you know, I want a '59 Super Lead. I want I want a Blackface Fender or I want I want a '50s Tweed thing. Um, although, actually, interestingly, this week I'm ch- chatting to a guy. He wants um, he's and actually, this is a, a whole separate conversation, but he, um, uh, which is the growth of rockabilly again in this country, mm. uh, but how popular that has become again. Um, but he's anyway. This chap is after um, he wants the Brian Setzer tone, um, which is a blonde Fender bass bassman with tuba twelve cab um, and a Gretsch. What is it? A sixty one twenty with the filter trolls? Yeah, I think so. That sounds about yeah. right. I'm not that hot yeah. on Gretsch's. Cause... No, I'm not, I'm not either. But it's it's something I've noticed is how many inquiries I get now for rockabilly stuff. Wasn't um, the basement originally three speakers? Uh, the original one was a 15. Um, you're thinking the Bandmaster. Oh, am I? Yeah. Um, but yeah, those blonde basements, 6G6B circuit. Um, is the holy grail for rockabilly players. Mm. It's bizarre. Um, that was Izzy Stradlin's um, amp of choice on Appetite for Destruction. Was it really? Yes, it was. Yeah. All there I can go. probably say about the Hank Marvin thing is you've been lucky if you've not had those phone calls. <laughs> and the only reason I'm going to say that is because I used to work in a music store in Leeds and we mm. used to get um, the East... Yorkshire Shadows Club in very regularly. <laughs> Do they all want the copycat delays? And they well, like they were that. all using Echoes yeah. of the Past at that point in time. They were getting right, retrofitted okay. to uh, Alesis units. Mm. Um, but and we we offered we offered to sponsor their annual show, which was at the Spa Theatre in Scarborough, because that's where they were based. Nice. East Yorkshire Shadows Club. And so I went along for this show. It was for two days, and we sold quite a lot of strings and bits and pieces over the course of the weekend. And the only downside of the event, uh, and they had a they had a shadow there. They had they had a not not one of the you know the big two or three, but they had one of the four hundred and twenty bass players because the shadows went through bass players like Spinal Tap went through drummers. <laughs> um, and um, <clears throat> and so we had a shadow in the room. We might even have two actually. Um, but the, 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 so I was there for two days, and every member of the Shadows Club got to go on stage and play to a Shadows track, Shadows tracking oh. backing track. So that was two days. But the problem so you was, had forty-eight hours of Apache then. Well, yeah. yeah, but the problem was that nobody had thought about any form of stage monitoring. 
So the first that these guys heard of the tune was when it bounced back off the back wall. <laughs> so I got two days of Apache slightly out of time. <laughs> and that's, that's like that moment that Michael Douglas has him falling down. Yeah. You know, when he can't get his Egg McMuffin or whatever it is. And by the end of the weekend, I could have probably beaten a Shadows um, fan to death with his own, with his own strap. With his own red strap. What's the other one they, they always do? Is it Sleepwalk? Uh, the there's uh, there's FBI one. they all want to do. They all want to do Foot Tapper. Um, right. um, uh, there's, there's, about four or, there's only about four or five. And then, you get, then you'll get one who actually can play, who then picks something from the depths. But essentially, no. It was two days of Apache. It was, you know, but it was just that fact that they were playing to the to the to the the bounce back off the wall in this big old room in the Spa <laughs> Theatre in uh, in Scarborough. So you're lucky, my friend. Um, there you go. Yeah, I wouldn't. I've had a couple. I mean, like I said, I've had a couple people wanting, you know, um, echo units and things. But um, I don't know where they I go really, for those I, units now. I don't. Know I really they... get get asked to do AC30 clones and things. So um, yeah. To be fair, Maybe at that point, the, the Shadow fans were all were all playing Hot Rod Deluxes. At that point, at all. Well, there you go. There you go. Just, I mean, genuinely, that is um, a very good workhorse amplifier. Like, I can't say enough good things about the Hot Rod Deluxe. Um, every time you go to a wedding, the guitarist is, is using one, and I think that just speaks volumes for the versatility of the thing. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played through one. They're very good. We yeah, the Mark, the recent on. one, the Mark Four, is 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 the best of the bunch. It's very, very good. Well, I was selling loads of them. They were only available in black. There wasn't a, no one, um, but we you can we, have it in tweed. Well, no, it was, it was pre, pre-tweed, so that makes it what when I was selling in what early two thousands. Mm. Um, but they used to they used to rock out the door, and they were five hundred quid then. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, to go back to your question about <laughs> what um, what are we talking about? Um, we we're talking about your original amps. No, we got moved on for that. No, we, 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 we got to Rockabilly. We got to Rockabilly. Yeah, we got yeah. to Rockabilly. And then, oh no, Ant asked me about, um, you know, an amp for every occasion or just mm. one that does Ah, all. yes, yes. Well, I think, I mean, I my personal opinion on this, which doesn't necessarily line up with, with Rift, but um, I'm very much uh, from the, the camp that you should only have gear that you that, was, that is irresistible to play. And that every time you walk past that guitar, you've got to stop what you're doing and pick it up and play. Mm. You know, if you've got a piece of gear sat in the corner of the room that you never want to play and it doesn't inspire you, why have you got it? Get rid of it. Yeah, move you know? it on. Stop, stop collecting gear um, for the sake of it, um, and just own gear that you can't help but pick up every time you see it. Um, and I've slimmed down my guitar collection. With that rule, and I bear, I, I, I own three or four guitar pedals now, and that's it. Um, and then I, I've got two amps of my own amps that I play, and that's it. That's all I want to do. I want to play that gear. I don't want to collect stuff anymore. Um, you know what? That is and, interesting because that's me as well. I'm, I'm that. Hmm. As and 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 I think Jason's going to fall out of the conversation somewhat here. But I'm exactly the same. I've got three pedals on the floor. Um. And at some point in my head, I'll, I need to buy a wah pedal. Um, mm. 
but I don't even know if I need to buy a wall pedal. I've just somehow got it in my head that I'm that, that the, the pedal board's missing something. And I've got a couple of guitars and I've got one amp. I do yeah. have a lot of guitars. But I do play them all. I, yeah, I do. Yeah. But are they irresistible? Can can you do you have to stop what you're doing and pick it up and play every time you see it? Um, well, they're all in a. Can you see? They're all in yeah. a double decker, um, stand made thing. And but that's not. By the way, that's not had approval for the rest of the house, though, has it? You're not getting that in the lounge, are you? No, I'm not getting that in the lounge. But my wife did say she quite liked it, um, <laughs> provided it's where it is. But I, mean, I acknowledge there is quite a lot of guitars there, but I do pick one of them up every day. It's just not always the same one okay. mm. every day. Uh, I am in a bit of a weird honeymoon period um, that I've ended up with some that I hadn't really planned to that have all kind of arrived at the same time. Um, I'm not totally sure. I blame lockdown for that. Um, but yeah, the, the weirdest yeah. one to pick up and play is the Vivo. Because you can't mm. comfortably really, you end up playing it at a weird angle that you know. Well, you've got to do the, the the classical guitar thing, haven't you? And, yeah. And and, and you know, split your legs apart and, and balance and that, it. In a funny and that's way. what I was doing earlier. Yeah. Yes, I split yeah. my legs apart. Interestingly, <laughs> I was listening to to last week's um, mm. podcast with Ainsley because you know I'm a nosy bugger. Um, and your I I think. You and I, Jason, are on the same page when it comes to Stratocasters. Yes, I I think because I mean, there's there's two two points that you brought up because you've just put a different set of pickups in yours, haven't you? I put a P ninety, uh, a single coil sized P ninety in the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Have you, and have you got the single coils in the in the middle? Mid yeah, yeah. Neck? I mean, it still looks exactly like a strap. Should okay. Um, but the bridge pickup was just so weak, and I think because I, I I'm predominantly a Les Paul or Gibson style player. Although um, mm. I've actually only got one, two Gibsons, the rest are Grecos, and I play on the bridge for all of them. I'm just used to a bit of grunt from the bridge. Yeah, I mean I've I've been on a bit of a strat journey too, um, in the I love the look of a strat. I love the feel of a strat. I love the necks. I love the bodies. I love the control layout. I love the scale length. I love everything apart from the pickups. Mm. I I just can't get on with strat single core pickups. Um, and I've never worked out why. And so my main strat has got uh, mini humbuckers in it, Firebird mini humbuckers. Nice. Um, yeah, but I've never ever got on with strap pickups. But interestingly, Telecaster single coils I absolutely love. Yeah, see, so I mean, it's, it's, was... it's got to be something in there. Um... Yeah, go on. So when Ainsley was saying that he, you know, when I was slagging off strap bridge pickups, he was, you know, he was saying that he didn't really like um, Telecaster ones. But I, I don't know. There's more grunt to a Telecaster bridge pickup because I quite like him. I've got several tellies. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm, I've only got several tellies because I built them all myself. Uh, you know, bought bits, sprayed them in the garden, uh, made the mistake once of spraying one in the garage, nearly died from lack of breathing. They'd never to do that again. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I love Telecaster Bridge pickups. Mm. There is a, a theory that Leo 
originally intended for the middle pickup of a strat to be the default position and that's the one you use all the time right. and then you go back or forth and there is a, a fiesta red 63 strat that i've played um that 100 percent backs up that theory in that that is just the most glorious insane tone on a strat Mm. Um, and the other positions are you could take or leave them but that middle position it absolutely it's got everything you want Mm. Um, and actually the more strats I try now um, and this is what is bringing me back around to strat pickups um, is that middle pickup and if that middle pickup is right um, it's absolutely wonderful but if it's not I'm just not interested And there we go. That was that was the first part of um, of. If you heard a little O there, that was Jason because he'd forgot to put it in record mode. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dob him in because it's the first thing he'd do to me. Uh, so I'll I'll put it anyway. Anyway, we're back. We are back. That was the first part of the interview with Christoph. And I um, I've got one thing to say to you. So. I complained that the intro was probably the dullest thing we'd ever done. About my curry list. Uh, <laughs> about your curry list. Um, but I've. But then, I kind of. I woke up in the middle of the night um, thinking, Jason's curry list. Um, if we, you know, if and when the guitar show comes back, yes. and if and when the curry club begins again, should we actually? Um, should we maybe podcast from the curry house? No, no, no. Even better, do we do we actually invite one or two people of the podcast listening fraternity to join us for the curry club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely fine. As pointed out, you have to provide your own beer. I'm not falling for that again. Well, that's that's <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I was just thinking maybe as a little kind of thing for the for the for the listeners. Maybe they could they could, could have. Dinner you know. with me, Felix, and Mick Taylor. Yes, yes, and and and, and an argument over a stray nard bread. <laughs> yeah, it does. yeah. Right. Okay. Well, in which case, we'll try to remember to do that at the point that we're back and able to, you know, do normal God, things. I get to do a guitar show in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think we need it. I think the world needs it. I really do think the world needs it. Right then, okay, we'll um, we'll wrap it up uh, at that point if that's okay with you, um, Big Cheese and um, and, and Panilla well, in this we, case. Well, yes, uh, <laughs> and, and we'll uh, we'll speak to you next week with the second half of um, of of the of the Christoph Fantana show. Fantana rhymes with Spanner. Fantana, oh yeah, rhymes with Spanner. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> Thanks for listening to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. If you've enjoyed the show, then please remember to hit the subscribe button and share with other like-minded souls. For more information about 9 to 42, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Guitar Show UK. This has been an A Short Stories production. Hold up. 